The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Bert Bacharach. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but everyone. everyone and welcome to the riverfront this is episode number 405 of the world's most dangerous podcast where we discuss the cincinnati reds and occasionally burt Bacharach. i'm your host chad dawson with me this week once again how are you nate i gotta ask is that the first burt Bacharach reference on this show and i get to be a part of the history literally <laughs> the first burt Bacharach reference rest in peace burt Bacharach passed away today legendary uh, songwriter but uh I only know him from Austin Powers, as you just uh, heard and/or saw. Um, so yes, you did get to you did get to uh, be a part of that, Nate. You doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing fantastic. Yeah, it's it's, it's romantic season. Valentine's Day's coming up. Sparks are flying. Emotions are running high. Some some stuff happened in the Reds universe that got my emotions running high, and I'm pretty pumped to talk about it. Also, side note: hashtag basketball podcast. I'm a Phoenix Suns fan, as you know. Big day for us. Kevin Durant's in the fold now. Big favorites in the West. So it's been a it's been an emotional day. Yeah, well, LeBron doesn't play for that team. And LeBron is uh, the greatest player in the history of basketball, I've, I've been told this week. Um, congratulations. To, <laughs> congratulations to LeBron James for setting the scoring record. Before we go further, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button and smash the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the audio version, make sure you're subscribed to wherever you, you found us. Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever. Um, Nate, love is in the air. That's why we started with uh, with that clip. Love is in the air. This is Valentine's Day is coming up uh, here in the next few days. And I need to figure out exactly which day because my wife will be upset if I don't. 
but we thought we'd have a little bit of a love fest here in some ways, a, a Valentine's Day spectacular. Are, are you excited about that? I'm pretty excited. I don't think my uh, soon-to-be wife is, is as excited because for this year for me, Valentine's Day is going to be when she sees what true romance really looks like, and it is me knowing that pitchers and catchers are reporting to spring training. Oh, my goodness. True love. <laughs> pitchers and catchers. Baseball is back. Spring is here. We are ready to go. And I, I've alluded to it a few times on this podcast, but I am all in. This team is absolutely winning the wild card. <laughs> or, or, or at least some baseball games. Some games. <laughs> one, one or the other. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So, listen, let me tell you what we're talking about. It's, it's, it's love, as we said. I love the enthusiasm. I love the excitement. I love the optimism. Because if, we, if as Reds fans, we can't have excitement, optimism, enthusiasm right now, with pitchers and catchers reporting the spring training right around the corner. Yeah, when are we going to have any any time to be excited? So the Bengals just finished a great season, and now the Reds are, uh, are going to have a great season. Although I have to quibble with something that you and and our buddy Joe said on the Bengals or the Riverfront Bengals show. It's an easy name to remember. It, anyway, you one of the questions was, I, I got I get love is the word today, but I didn't love this answer. If the Reds and the Bengals played a baseball game, who would win? <laughs> and it was a ludicrous. Joe Farsing, one of the more look, and he says a lot of ludicrous things, but saying that the series would be four to two, the Reds <laughs> would win the series four games to two, it's completely outrageous. It's a sweep and it's not even close. I don't it care if some guy can throw 95 for the Bengals. Get out of here. That needed to be pushed back on. And I did not. I was, I was enjoying letting him cook a little too much. But it would be a really fun slow-pitch softball game. Uh, it would be fun. No, I, I like the idea of the slow-pitch softball. Do it for charity, and that'd be a, a blast. So um, something else I love, Nate, or used to love. I don't guess I'd love it like I used to, but uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see baseball cards. I love baseball cards. i got some vintage packs of baseball cards here, Nate. And while we talk, I'm just going to one by one. I'm going to open one of these packs, and just uh, every once in a while, we'll see what, what – uh, player we get now i've got tops and fleer from 1989 i have tops and fleer from 1990 and I have a pack of fleer from 1991 do, do you have any uh preference on which one we open i want to see that 1990 that was a pretty good year for some it of was us. you want to go with tops or you want to go with fleer i'm gonna get, let you make tops. the call tops tops okay. be tops tops is the best no question so all right this is uh tops 1990 baseball Let's go ahead and open this up. Uh, also, Nate, I'm saving the gum for you to chew. Saving the gum Man. for Nate to chew. Here it is. It's in good condition. The gum. Ooh. Um, so the first card. The first card is going to be Mike Sharperson. Mike <laughs> Sharperson from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Nate, do you have any uh, memories of Mike Sharperson? He is another made-up human. <laughs> I think. Maybe I'm making this up. But I think he might have been the final out of Tom Browning's perfect game in 1988. Really? I think he might have he might have been the he might have struck out as uh, someone will correct me if I'm wrong, but that's what I'm remembering. Um, you pulled that out of your butt, and that, that's, <laughs> hope, it's kind of dope. <laughs> I hope it's correct. I hope it's correct. I want to um, know if that uh, 1990 piece of gum has held up better than our favorite beloved franchise. <laughs> yeah, it's probably had about as much success uh, since then. Um, 
So, you know, we talked about a Valentine's Day spectacular. And your idea here was, which is really the only way to, to handle this was, this just kind of in some ways needs to be a Joey Votto appreciation episode. Because what else is there? Potentially his final season coming up. Um, he's just uh, hitting bombs on uh, social media all day and all night. What what more is there to do? What more is there to love about this Reds team than Joey Votto? He's the top of the list, right? It's the number one reason to tune in. We've talked about it at length. There are plenty of reasons to pay attention this year. We're going to watch these young guys come along and have a lot of fun doing it. And we're going to have some tough times as well. But no matter what happens, the uh, one constant the entire season is that we get to watch Joseph Daniel Votto in what is potentially, hopefully not, and we'll lay some of the options out here in a little bit, potentially his last season in a Cincinnati Reds uniform and musty TV, every bat, every ground ball. That's here at the riverfront for many, many years, literally, which is, uh, you know, you should talk about all with Gerber, with Jason Linden, with, uh, with Bill Lack. You, most people don't understand what they've had for most of his career. Most Reds mm -hmm. fans didn't understand what they had with Joey Votto. And we were always saying, please, please, just watch every at-bat. Cherish every at-bat because you may never see a guy like this in a Reds uniform again. He's he's inner circle Reds Hall of Fame. And, uh, you know, how, how many National Baseball Hall of Famers have you seen in your lifetime? You know, uh, really the answer is two, three in Cincinnati, I guess. Um, Votto, Larkin, and uh, Junior Griffey. I mean, is, is there, for the many that I'm for, forgetting, I mean, that's really that's really it. So, um, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Although I got a little bit of uh, – I got a little bit of, uh, you know, on uh, on Twitter this week, somebody was, uh, you know, I was catching some strays from our buddy Carlos Guevara. What was that all about? I don't think they were stray at all. I think they were direct and well-deserved. Did I say you, that? You said that on the last podcast, and I want to go back and watch the video because I know I reacted. <laughs> I didn't say anything, <laughs> but my face was in shock. I don't remember what the question was. But it was something about, uh, I don't know, like an optimism or – Somebody you're worried might have a down year. And you answered, well, go ahead. You need, you need to have a little bit of a mea culpa here. <laughs> well, evidently, here's the quote that Carlos, um, and, and I was hoping to be able to get Carlos on here to not to yell at me, and he was unavailable tonight, but we'll get him on soon so he can yell at me. But uh, his quote, the way he, he transcribed this quote, and I don't, do not believe I said this. I don't remember this at all. I can't believe mm -hmm. I would ever say this. But the one maybe I'm least optimistic about is Vado. Because I'm an idiot and I've decided to doubt Votto. You are telling me I said that. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I was like, he he just accidentally inserted a few words that he didn't mean to say into this sentence. Because we never doubt Votto. That's like the rule of the podcast. Right. That's our entire theme, our premise, is how we exist and continue this existence as Reds fans. But you said it, man. And I'm glad that Carlos called that out. Somebody needs to uh, hold on to those receipts. Well, I'll say this. You should have called me out in real time, and I would have given you to do that because that's uh, outrageous that I would say something. And I do apologize. I apologize to Joey. <laughs> I apologize to Carlos. I apologize to Joey's family. I apologize to all the, apologize to all the Joey fans uh, across, the, across the world. Um, how can I distract you from what I said? Um, I can't. It's, it's horrific. I mean, really, the truth is, I mean, you know, if you want to talk about cancel culture, oh, there we go. Picture of Joey with the, the <laughs> glorious beard they, they put up. I should be canceled for that. I will concede that. Yeah. And maybe I should voluntarily cancel. <laughs> if ever there was a good reason. 
Well, let's just, let's talk about our our main man a little bit real quick. Um, as we just talked about, this could possibly be the last year we get to watch him in a red uniform. My question to you is, what would have to happen for that not to be the case? Well, here's, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about this. We didn't discuss this question ahead of time, but it was something I was kind of thinking about earlier. Because you keep seeing this, this is potentially Joey Votto's last season. And, you know, uh, I don't want that to be the case, obviously. I want him to play at the end, as long as he wants to keep playing. And maybe he'll want to keep, stop playing at the end of the year. I will throw out that I don't think this is his last season playing professional baseball. That's where, that's where I was going. I don't either. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't. I mean, unless he's hurt all year or he is uh, healthy all year and just really performs poorly, and he might right. voluntarily decide to, to give it up. But, you know, I, I can see a little bit of a, a mini Albert Pujols renaissance, you know, um, mm-hmm. where he gets a chance with a couple teams, you know, to be the DH or something. And it is going to be heartbreaking to see him in another uniform. And And I'll say this, I just can't imagine the set of circumstances that would have to transpire for the Reds, given where the Reds are in this quote-unquote cycle, this, this window, for them to spend any amount of money. And they could probably have him for uh, for cheap uh, after this contract. Because um, whoever signs him is not going to sign him for $20. But um, I just can't see the, the the things lining up that the, the Reds would ever bring him back. And it is the, – the only way – is if our buddy Phil, and I, and I don't trust him to have this much, uh, you know, self-reflection, but um, it's a, if Phil and or Joey have this sort of realization that there's something special, and Joey's talked about this some, uh, how special it is to play your entire career with one team, that that's something that doesn't happen. Joey's mentioned that a number of times. Maybe their cooler heads will prevail, and they'll bring him back with, with no promise that he's going to be the starting first baseman. That, you know, he might be the backup first baseman, and, and unless he's good, which Joey Votto very well might be good this year, might be deserving of being the starting first baseman somewhere next year. Um, but be the DH or something. I don't know. Um, I don't want to give up hope, but I, I, I don't have a lot of faith that he's going to be playing in a red uniform next year. And I'm just dreading seeing him wearing, you know, a, a Los Angeles Dodgers jersey or something. Yeah, that'd be brutal. Um, I'm holding out a little bit of hope. Obviously, I expect that he's going to perform well. Um, Perhaps not one of his top five seasons or anything like that, but the Reds have a potentially have a roster full of below average hitters, and I don't think Joey Votto is going to be one of them. But if he misses a little bit to start the season, perhaps, and then storms back onto the scene with a comeback player of the year campaign, maybe even an all star nod, um, what do the Castellinis do? You've been, uh, you've had your name raked through the coals. For two years now, um, and what if this team's bad? But Joey Votto has a great season. Can you can you handle that kind of press? It's a thirteen million dollar question, right? So twenty million dollar option with a seven million dollar buyout. I don't know. I mean, I think maybe you could you could pick that up if he is good. If he's really good, the other side of the coin would be if they could negotiate something small, like hey, we obviously can't keep you around at twenty million a year. Would you be willing to sign a three-year extension at, I don't know, five, six, seven, eight million a year. I don't know what the number would be, but I'm just doing I'm looking at every single option because yeah, I, there I is a life where Joey Votto plays in a different uniform. Man, he better win the World Series in that uniform. Otherwise, I'm going to hate every second of it.
Yeah, and I'll cheer for whatever team that is. But, yeah, that's sort of where I was going was that uh, maybe the Reds can negotiate something to keep him here. And and the reason why there's some glimmer of hope there is that um, in the past, Bob Castellini legendarily stuck his nose into baseball operations because he didn't want to let guys go that he thought were popular or that he liked. Um, you know, he, he was nixing trades for Billy Hamilton left and right. Uh, you know, Johnny Cueto. Todd Frazier. So, Todd Frazier, right. So, but he's, uh, Bob Castellini's not running the team right now. Functionally, it's, uh, it's, it's Phil. And um, I, do, I don't know if Phil has that same, you know, sentimental bone. So, yeah, that's a, yeah, that's, a, that's a tough part of this argument is that all of those decisions, holding on to those guys too long, those were bad calls. Those were bad decisions. It, it, it was a piece of that last rebuild not working out very well. Um, I, don't, I don't feel the way about this one. Every one of those guys, you could have convinced me that we should have got rid of them long before. Not this one. I, I, I say you do whatever, whatever he wants, blank check, stay in Cincinnati, just let us know what it's going to take. Yeah, no, I, I'm all for it. But I actually think my hot take is that, um, in, in contrast to what I said last week, and trying to gain back the trust of my uh, friends and followers, uh, tweeted out earlier that I think if he's healthy, he's uh, one of the top three offensive first basemen in the National League. That was my prediction. Let's now, Let's that's go. that's pushing it a little bit, but you know, but but if Suck he's healthy, Gold Schmidt. When has he ever not been good when he's been healthy? And so I just, you know, I I choose to trust Joey Bot. I don't don't let anybody tell you anything different. I choose to trust Joey Bot. I don't doubt him at all. You've heard it here first, Riverfront fans. Chad is a flop flipper. <laughs> Next uh, baseball card, uh, Boston Red Sox, Jody Reed. You remember Jody Reed, Nate? I think that guy passes the plate around in my church. <laughs> I think he was a shortstop. Yes, he was a shortstop. So Jody Reed. Um, yeah. Oh, the next card was a, also a Red Sox. Turn back the clock, Fred Lynn. Ooh. Fred Lynn, 1976, Rookie of the Year and, uh, and MVP. Solid sideburns on that guy, too. Good sideburns. So, Joey Votto. We had a couple uh, viewer mail questions about Joey Votto. Not? Yeah, let's hop in there. Yeah, let's do that. Jerry Sudduth, these viewer mail questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcincy. Jerry says, or asks, how much do you love Joey Votto's chess haberdashery? <laughs> first of all, that's a, that's a good, good word. Um, if you didn't see this, first of all, Joey Votto, Another chess uh, tournament. He rolls up in a limo, the rose petals, and just head to toe in Gucci. And if you're watching on uh, YouTube, we're going to show you what that looked like. Oh, my goodness. Glorious. What do you think about that, Nate? So glad you pulled that up. <laughs> um, my first note was also great use of the word haberdashery. Absolutely. Oh, man. I got so far. I couldn't believe it when this popped up on my Instagram. My, my man rolling up just dripped out this was one of the coolest things i have seen a professional athlete of any kind do much less our guy for our team it's freaking awesome i want to know what the other chess players <laughs> thought about this because <laughs> i'm sure i have no inside information of course but i have a i have a strong suspicion that he cleared this with everybody that he was going to be playing against that day like what's the take back four weeks ago they were just a bunch of dudes playing chess in the cold and now Joey Votto's <laughs> rolling up Gucci head to toe. 
ready to film the world's worst music video. Oh man, it was it was just amazing, absolutely uh, amazing. And yeah, but I, I don't know. Did we hear whether he won or lost at, at Monday Night Chess? I, I don't know. I didn't hear. But when uh, I tell the story, he was a winner. There we go. He's a winner He's in our mind. So I thought that was as the Joey Votto never change, never change. And I think that's the the theme of this show. I love Joey Votto. And you know who else does? Our buddy Rich Thompson. Rich Thompson has a viewer mail question. In the spirit, I feel it is fair to say that we all love everything Joey Votto. Recently, our man Joey was showcasing his fashion sense, wearing a complete Gucci ensemble at one of his recent chess matches. I don't know if you won or not, but it was apparent to me from the pictures that I saw that the future grandmaster was soaking up every moment, being the chicest, I guess, dresser at that tournament. So this inquiring mind is pondering. Do you think that we will someday see Joey strutting a catwalk in Milan to uh, write said Fred's I'm Too Sexy? Or possibly in a Zoolander sequel. <laughs> Blue Steel? Can you see Joey Votto doing Blue Steel? Wasn't that what it was? Blue Steel from Zoolander? Oh, yeah. And then Magnum. Magnum was the one that really uh, saved the day. I'm, I'm feeling, the, feeling the Zoolander angle on this. But I want to know what you think his look would be named. I mean, Ball Four? Right. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, maybe. Yeah, that's it. That's it for him. He loves to walk. Oh, Sound off in the comments, guys. Let yes. us know. We get we got to name this look. That is fantastic. That is so good. So good. So Nate, I don't say just uh, about uh, Joey Votto appreciation, or we have some more Valentine's Day stuff coming up uh, a little bit later. But uh, anything else about uh, any of that? No, let's just put a little bow on it, man. Guys, no matter what we say, like, we we try to be optimistic over here sometimes, and we're gonna bring it to you straight, and then we're gonna hit some low notes. On occasion, but one thing we are not going to get down on all season long is Joey Votto. This is going to be a fun ride, and I apologize to all of your spouses and partners for all the hours they're going to lose <laughs> in your company for the next uh, you know nine months. But so it goes. You know who else I love, Nate? Texas Rangers pitcher Gary Milky. Milky white uh, skin there looks like. Gary Milky, never heard of him. Never heard they don't of him. make they don't make names like they used to. What about David Leeper for the Padres? I do remember him barely, but I, when I was a kid, I thought it was David Leper. I thought that was unfortunate. So anyway, it's a lose lose. Yeah. Um. So let's jump into the news of the week, shall we? The uh, sort of the well, there's lots of news. I think maybe the biggest news of the week to me was that T.J. Antone announced um, on his Instagram that he is going to miss the start of the 2023 season. And it's even worse than that. He kind of closed out the video. You remember TJ Antone, the Reds reliever, who uh, had his second Tommy John surgery, missed all of 2022. Um, he, he closed out his video by saying that he's going to be there in Cincinnati for ready for the playoff push in the second half. So now the optimism is appreciated, but this one bummed me out. We were just talking about doing our roster rundown there a week or two ago. And the, the, one of the big keys, the key to the bullpen being decent is Antone and Lucas Sims. And now it looks like uh, maybe for up to half the season, we're not likely to have T.G. Antone. That's a that's a tough break. Yeah, that's putting it putting it lightly. Obviously, on a human level, it sucks for T.J. and his family. Um, but as a fan, this bullpen has a chance to be pretty good. It could really be a strength of this team. 
but the likelihood of that happening is drastically reduced without TJ Anton. My question to you is, at what point do we stop getting optimistic? I don't enjoy having this conversation because I think he's played in, what, 36 games in his major league career? Yeah. Kind of rough. It reminds me of a couple of the conversations we used to have back in the day uh, around redlegnation.com, which were um, around Sean Marshall, Red's left-handed uh, reliever, mm-hmm. um, who was always on his, you know, working his way back from injury. Oh, he threw some. He threw some pitches, and then a good guy that, that some of you may remember named Nick Massett back in the day, another pitcher, yeah. who was just always eternally on the cusp of returning to help the Reds, and either got hurt immediately or he had a setback. Those guys constantly were having setbacks. So I'm never going to stop being um, optimistic about Antone coming back because he was so good when he was uh, when he was healthy, and the Reds need him so bad given the state of things now that I'm just I've I've chosen to just. Always hope for the best and mm-hmm. um, continually be disappointed, maybe. But uh, I mean, you um, have I'm, to. Well, it's only two lines, but go look at that guy's baseball reference page, and <laughs> there's not a number on there you don't want for your ball club. Yeah, I'm going to let him hurt me over and over and over again. Other news of the week, Nate, this is not, we don't really have to talk too much about this, but I do want to at least mention it. The Reds announced their spring training television uh, broadcast and radio uh, broadcast schedule, but the Reds are broadcasting seven games, seven of their 31 spring training games. And Doug Gray at Red Leg Nation uh, noted, obviously, that uh, some teams have broadcasts available for pretty much every game, just about all of them. The Angels have 26 of their games uh, broadcast. The Reds have seven. Are they just trying to trying to hide the product from us so they can spring this beautiful roster on us on opening day is that what they're doing they just don't want to want to let the let the you know absence make the heart grow fonder maybe maybe they want to let the excitement build and by not letting us watch them that's certainly one potential scenario um i think it's just the uh the reds organization and major league baseball in general have uh, proven time and time again that they don't consider their fans very often i think this is a, another example of that but what we'd like to announce did not let you know this but uh, we are accepting applications for anyone that wants to, on their own dime, this is this is an important piece of this puzzle, <laughs> go to Arizona, follow the Reds around with a tablet, and Zoom all of the games so that we can watch. So if anybody wants to do that, we won't pay for it. But we'll appreciate it. We'll give you a free subscription to uh, our Patreon family. Patreon. $2 level. $2 level. <laughs> Only the $2 level? I was thinking we might go up to the five dollar level, but okay, cool. you, you, yeah, all right, good point, good point. Um, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, I, the thing is, I probably end up watching many of those games if they were broadcast. You know, uh, I don't know how many since most of them are during the day, but you know, um, in past years, I've been known to you know sort of prop it up in the background or up on the computer yeah. when I'm doing other things. You know, just have it on in the background. Yeah, they'd be and on. So, uh, yeah, so I wish they were broadcasting more just so I can dip in and watch how Joey looks or whatever. Um, before we get to the next piece of news, Nate, our next baseball card is up. Ooh. Hall of Famer Nolan Ryan. Let's go. That's a good card. California Angels. Nolan think Ryan. Before they snapped that picture, he was like, hold on, let me get my power stance. Yes, I'm sure of it. I'm sure <laughs> of it. Glorious. Glorious. So, And I'm going to uh, go ahead and go to the next card because back-to-back Hall of Famers, Nate. Back-to-back Hall of Famers in this pack. Although this one does not deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. 
in my opinion. But for the Rangers that year, Harold Baines. Harold most noted Baines. for the White Sox, but Harold Baines. Most noted for being a questionable Hall of Fame inductee. That's right. That's right. Um, all right, next uh, bit of news here before we get into what I we really are here to talk about, which are the player acquisitions. But uh, I just needed at least to mention it because we mentioned the other rankings of the Reds farm systems, uh, farm system week to week. And so there's now a uh, another ranking, Fangraphs. Fangraphs. Kylie McDaniel. Actually, Kylie McDaniel's not with Fangraphs anymore. He's at ESPN now. He used to be at uh, Fangraphs. I'm sorry. I just saw Kylie McDaniel and I didn't realize he was no longer at Fangraphs. So he released his farm system rankings. Remember, we talked uh, earlier about Keith Law at the Athletic, who had the Red System rated 13th. Kylie McDaniel has the Reds rated fifth overall. And, uh, you know, uh, he uses a little bit of a different system to rank his, and he explains that you can go look at it. I don't know which is better. Um, it's all just magic and, uh, you know, you know, hope, frankly. But um, but anyway, he said, you know, um, he made the point that many or most of the, the, the top prospects, the better prospects, will be in the upper minor leagues this season. And so his quote was, so the Reds could be interesting again soon. We well, think, Nate, the Reds going to be interesting again soon. I'm excited that another pundit has uh, declared out loud that the uh, the not Reds are good at baseball. So excited to uh, not watch them this year. <laughs> but um, no, I think that uh, that I joke. I'm excited for all these guys. I do think that fifth place ranking, however you want to call it, is more in line with what most people have been saying. There's a lot of really good players, and I feel like just last year we were sort of complaining about how the talent was in the lower rungs of minor league baseball. And one year later, here we are. So yeah, that's, that could lead to them being interesting soon. I yeah, freaking well, hope so. They're not interesting now. I don't care about them until they get to the big league. So they better be good at some point. Um, all right. Now let's get to uh, player acquisitions this week. Um, as usual, most of these are not particularly interesting because the Reds, who are the kings of minor league uh, contracts with invitations to spring training, more of that this week. But um, but let's run through them. But there's one there's one trade that uh, I think will be interesting to talk about. But first, let's get to Kenny Vargas. You know, Kenneth. I think it's Kenneth Vargas. It is Kenneth. Kenneth. Kenny's. Yeah, Kenny's. Kenneth. Kenny's. There's uh, two of them. Yeah. Oh, the Reds signed two guys. That's nice. So the Kenny's Vargas, um, a, a power hitting first baseman designated hitter. He's been described. Uh, minor league deal, invitation spring training. He uh, has played in the big league some over from 2014 to 2017. And, uh, hey, you know, he's he can hit. I mean, he can certainly hit. I don't know if he can. It's going to translate uh, necessarily to the big leagues, but he had a 102 OPS plus in 236 games in the big leagues for the uh, the Minnesota Twins. Um, what I thought was most interesting was, and Nate, uh, do you, did you know, Kenneth Vargas is an obscure former Red. I only did you know that because Doug Gray told me. <laughs> yeah, as he did all of you. I am sure we all remember this. March 22nd, 2018, the Reds claimed uh, Vargas off waivers from the Minnesota Twins and was a Cincinnati Reds player for a glorious two days in March of 2018 before the Reds put him back on waivers and the Twins claimed him back. So welcome back. And he has a, the sort of distinct, you know, uh, I don't know what a uh, title, I guess, of being 
an obscure former red, and an obscure future red. I mean, that's it's amazing. How do you accomplish both those at once? Oh, man, he's he's immediately my favorite player now. This is a Dennis Vargas uh, appreciation episode. Anybody, anybody who pushes back against the um, the prospect pushers on Reds Twitter should start a uh, obscure future Reds Twitter account. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's um, actually a funny idea. You have missed the most important part of this semi-acquisition. My guy, Kenneth, 6'5", 290. Oh. This is a hefty boy. Hefty the boy. The Reds are finally starting to listen to me. He's not the only big boy they signed this week. Spoiler alert, a little teaser for you. Got some news coming soon. But, man, I, I love this guy for that reason alone. He is huge. And we've said it a thousand times. If they can't be good, be entertaining, or be interesting, a bunch of 300-pounders hitting 700-foot dongs. <laughs> That's interesting. Bring it on. I can handle it, I guess. I would not expect much about it. This is a no. sort of sort of organizational filler. Uh, in 2019, after leaving, he's, he's, he played for the Twins parts of 2014 through 2017. 2018, he played the entire season in AAA with the Twins. Then Japan in 2019, did not play in 2020. And in the last two seasons, played in the Mexican League, where he hit really well, but it was the the Mexican League. So, you know, you, it doesn't necessarily translate to the big leagues. But anyway, welcome back to Cincinnati, both Kenny's Varga. All right, next up, Nick Martini, outfielder. Nick Martini, a 32-year-old. Nick Martini, outfielder, claimed off waivers. Um, I signed a minor league contract. I say claimed off waivers because this is again a, a, a same same guy, same, or same type of type of guy, an obscure former Red and an obscure future Red. November 2019, the Reds claimed him off waivers from the Padres, and was actually on the Reds 40 man roster for six glorious weeks in uh, late 2019 and early 2020. But then the Reds designated him for assignment. The Phillies claimed him. He has played in parts of three big league seasons, um, you know, has had some success with the bat. 2022, he was in Korea. Um, pretty good, uh, pretty good stat line. I don't know. Nick Martini. Uh, sounds like an Italian name, so I'm all, all about that. Bring it on. It's a Hall of Fame name. At this point, Great I think name. Nick Crawl is just just trolling Reds fans. He's like, I'm going to sign people that were once kind of almost on the team, and also the name has to be Nick. And we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm kind of I, – I, I have no expectations for Nick Martini or any future Knicks that we discuss on the show. But I will say that I, this outfield's a mess. We knew it was going to be a mess all offseason. It was a mess all last year. I think Nick Carl's done a decent piece of business finding random, you know, throwaway guys on the scrap heap that could potentially make an impact. One we'll get to here in a minute that I'm really excited about. So I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to. Well, you are trying. Days around the corner. That's that's faint praise. I mean, I think you're not wrong in, in in one sense in that, given the restrictions Nick Crawl has around, he has to find players, and so yeah, he's finding some guys in areas where the Reds have weaknesses. But no actual team should be, you know, this is no, should not be part of a strategy. Frankly, it should be part of a strategy to fill your AAA roster, um, and, and, and AAA roster only. And the only reason they come to the big leagues is if there's some kind of big time, uh, you know, injury bug. But anyway, it is what it is. That's where we are with the Reds. Um, Nick Plummer, another Nick, as you said, Nick Plummer, 26 year old, 
um, and um, also an outfielder. He uh, made his major league debut last year with the New York Metropolitans and uh, did did not hit very well, but uh, but uh, you know hit, hit hit some better in the the minor leagues and then before in AAA last year and before that hit pretty good in 2021 uh, in AA and AAA. But uh, as Doug Gray notes at RedLegNation.com, in his first four seasons in the minors, he hit 199. So um, so and somehow. He hit 199 his first four seasons in the minor leagues, and somehow still made it to the major leagues. With the uh, based on he had one good season in Double A, so I don't know we what he. We love we love an underdog story here at the Riverfront. Also, great baseball baseball reference picture. Strong neck on that guy. Good smile. I'm rooting for him. <laughs> we'll root. For, we're absolutely going to root for all these guys, but we will never see uh, Nick Plummer. My guess is after spring training. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. All right, before we get to the biggest news of the week, Nate, it's time for another baseball card. Are you ready? Let's go. San Francisco Giants pitcher Rick Rushell. Ooh, Rick Rushell. I had Those heard of this guy. No, he was actually pretty good for a while. Um, uh, those of you for, of a certain uh, vintage will remember he was a really uh, a, a good pitcher, an all-star with the Giants, and also the most out-of-shape player in the big leagues with, the, with only one exception, and that would have been uh, – Terry Forster from the Atlanta Braves, who uh, who David Letterman famously called a fat tub of goo and then ended up having to apologize. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Rick Russell. Next one. This is kind of disappointing. It's uh, it's Billy Ripken. So it's not Ooh. Cal Ripken. And it's also not the famous Billy Ripken baseball card. This is a different Billy Ripken card. Looks like in spring training, preparing to catch a grounder. So Why Billy Ripken. No famous, Chad. Because um, his dad used to manage the uh, Orioles. Oh, um, I don't know. He said uh, he wrote something indelicate on the uh, handle of his bat. <laughs> and it got by yeah. the... If the somehow you haven't that up. heard that story, Google Billy Ripken baseball card and enjoy. It'll come up. Are you disappointed we haven't got any Reds yet in this, uh, this pack of baseball cards? I am a little bit. Yeah, It really increases my likelihood of having heard of them. <laughs> That's true. All right, next... Um, well, before we get to the big one, I want to mention one last one. Just uh, today, we record this on Thursday every week. The Reds signed Tommy Eveld for the 2023 season. He's a right-handed pitcher, 29 years old, has never pitched in the big leagues. Has been okay in the in AAA the last couple of years, but has never pitched in the big leagues. But I got to tell you, this guy is my, one of my favorite players of all time after the way he announced. Did you see the tweet where he announced he, he, he joined the Reds? He said, no, not a great – yeah, not a great. Go look at the Photoshop that he did of him in a Reds uniform on his uh, on his tweet. Um, yeah, I don't know, uh, maybe a uh, you know, organizational filler in the bullpen. But uh, twenty nine, never pitched in the big leagues. But I don't, maybe he can provide some depth. And it, I, my guess is he'll get a chance in the bullpen at some point this year if he yeah. performs reasonably well. So bullpen depth is good. We don't have much bullpen depth. We like bullpen depth. We do like bullpen depth. We like bullpen depth. All right. So the what we've been teasing here, the big trade, and it's kind of silly. This is a quote-unquote big trade, uh, but that's where we are right now. The Reds uh, acquired Will Benson. Will Benson, outfielder, uh, in a trade with Cleveland in exchange for minor league outfielder Justin Boyd and a player to be named later or cash. And uh, corresponding move was that our, our buddy Alejo Lopez designated for assignment. You want to talk about Alejo Lopez first? Or you want to talk about no. Will Benson? I'm brokenhearted about this Alejo news. Um, you deserve better, Alejo. 
I, I hope you come back to us. He'll be back. Half half me does. The other half wants you to get picked up by a contender. You must want to start you at second base like you deserve. You can win. <laughs> you can win your Golden Gloves and your Silver Sluggers and go to your All Star games. We didn't deserve you, Alejo. I would love to see uh, Alejo Lopez lock on somewhere where he can uh, get a real chance in the big leagues. But my guess is he'll be he'll sign a minor league deal with the Reds here soon, um, and he'll be back. So Will Benson, Will Benson is uh, now first of all Justin Boyd, the Red guy the Reds traded away, was Cincinnati's uh, second round pick last year. Now of mm-hmm. course uh, he was everyone at the time of the draft said eh, they the Reds picked him way higher than they should have. Um, in that slot because they were needing to save money because they were they, they got Cam Collier in the first round and they knew they were going to have to go above slot to pay him. So, but still, I mean, you know, a good, uh, a, a high draft choice. Um, Benson was a first rounder, 14th overall pick back in 2016. Uh, still just 24 years old. Um, he made his uh, big league debut for Cleveland uh, uh, last year. Didn't play a ton down the stretch. Um, interesting stat line in, in minor league in his minor league career um, career slash line of 222 350 443 and just the absolute uh, he's an Adam Dunn type you know uh, home run or walk um, or strikeout and uh, which is uh, that can play but uh, he was his stri- his strikeout rate was way too high um, and his walk rate way too low until last year. And then last year, his strikeout rate dropped to 22.7%, by far the lowest of his career. His swinging strike rate, 8.7%. Um, and uh, and still had, had had really good power, so at AAA Columbus. So, uh, you know, people are kind of getting uh, misty-eyed about this guy, which is frankly silly in my opinion. Okay, I'm, gonna let, I'm sorry to run on your parade, what you're getting ready to say, because I know you're excited. But, uh, you. but it is – but he is intriguing. He is intriguing if you want to squint. And he will have an opportunity in Cincinnati. And I think that this is the one guy that they've signed in the, all these deals we've been talking about that has a real chance to maybe even be a starter in Cincinnati. So yeah. take it away. You said it, man. I have decided to let myself be all in on this guy. Why not, man? This is one of those it's, – it's, it's like I'm playing poker, and I've got two – no, three spades in my hand. There's none on the flop, but I'm still going all in, going for that flush, baby, because there's a chance. There's a chance. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to ignore the fact that his 279 batting average last season in AAA was 60 points higher than almost anything he's ever done. Yeah, I'm going to ignore that. I'm happy to ignore it. He's a massive guy, 6'5", 230, love it. They say he's a freak athlete, steals a lot of bases. You know, he walks a ton, strikes out a ton, hits moonshots, as you alluded to. Sounds like somebody we love. Sounds like somebody that uh, has, a, has a special place in my heart. I don't know about yours. But I love this move. They traded a low-ceiling pitcher that I don't care about at all for a giant monument of a man that hits 800-foot bombs. This is right up my alley. The guy could play. All accounts, he's apparently a super likable guy, too. I don't know. This is this is a good move. Well, um, he's fun. No, I think he's it, fun. It's a fun I think it's guy. a good move. I, I, I think it's a good move. First of all, who, who are you referencing earlier? I assume Cal Pickering. Calvin Pickering. Is that the guy you're talking about that we Calvin both love? Pickering. Yeah. Um, 
No, I mean, I think it is a good move. It's a good trade. I have no issues with the trade. Um, Phil Castellini probably does because they may have to send some cash with it. But uh, he's a guy, he's a guy that, uh, you know, uh, you're trading a guy that was just drafted last year. And so that's basically a lottery ticket. I, I don't care. Trade all those guys. I, I, just, I literally don't care. Yeah. For a guy who has some flaws as a player, but has shown some signs in the last 12, he's still young, shown some signs in the last 12 months of being able to address some of those flaws. And, you know, at Great American Ballpark, that power might really, really play, and it could turn him into a, you know, a productive player. I mean, he he may have just sort of earned a big league career, a real big league career, because if he hits some bombs at Great American Ballpark early on, he'll have a chance. I mean, you know. Um, That's it, man. If they gave up that guy whose name I already forgot because I don't care about him, who's some random draft pick that I'll never see, never remember for the rest of my life, for a guy who – it's not crazy to envision they have him. They have him under control for a long time. Like if if he does hit, if he figured something out last year, if he truly did, then this could be a giant, giant coup by Nick Crawl. Well, again, I love the optimism. I love the enthusiasm. <laughs> it's the Valentine's Day episode. I love that you love Mr. Benson, uh, but uh, I don't know. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I'm 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 cautiously optimistic. I'm not all in, but I am definitely cautiously optimistic. I, You're I think there are real, this guy. No, I think there are real reasons to uh, to uh, to be ex- interested at least. And anyway, that's what, what we keep saying. We just want some interesting things to happen. We did have a viewer mail question about uh, about Will Benson. Had two actually. I'm gonna save one for later. But uh, Kyle Kapler asks, could Will Benson be 2011 Jay Bruce throughout his Reds career? 2011 Jay Bruce throughout his Reds career. Now, he says, he clarifies, Kyle does, slash line-wise. 2011 Jay Bruce, by the way, was 24 years old. He was, was his first All-Star season. 256 batting average, 341 on base, 474 slugging. Nah, come on. I don't know. That's asking a lot. That's, yep. asking, that's asking a lot. But is it possible? I mean, that's sort of the what his... Uh, the bad average is not quite that high, but that's sort of what his Benson's minor league slash line was. So maybe I don't know. Benson, Benson, he of a nine forty eight OPS last year in Columbus. My guy's the second coming of Mike Trout. Okay, that's obviously a joke. I don't expect him to be James. <sighs> obviously not. But listen, we haven't had a ton to get excited about these last. 15 months can you can you get can you let me have this one <laughs> 15 years 30 years um no it's exciting it is it would not be exciting for most teams it's incredibly exciting for us and again uh <laughs> it, it, we were <laughs> we returned to the theme though of it's a good piece of business by nick crawl this is true that. i mean there yeah no, nothing at all to uh to be disappointed about i'm uh i'm happy with it so, uh, yeah, I just, and, and I do think given the Reds outfield situation, he does have a real shot to be the opening day starter right. in the outfield. I mean, he really does. And well, what if, that would what be if, a great turn of events. What if he did figure something out and we are four months from now looking at an outfield of uh, Will Benson, Jake Fraley is legit, and Matt McClain? You know, that's that's fun. I don't know how good it is. I don't know if it's not necessarily leading to a winner, but it's fun and it's interesting. And I would tune in. I tune in every day. 
well, I'm probably going to tune in every day anyway, but I'm low man on Matt McLean. But um, but it's interesting. It, you know, there are possibilities here. And th- there are ways that we can, yes, squint and see that wild card team that Nate's been predicting. So next baseball card, Nate. Next baseball card, Twins catcher Ooh. Tim Laudner. Tim oh, Laudner. Tim Laudnum. Yeah. No, that's Matty Earp, like the, the Laudnum, not uh, Tim Laudner. And the next, oh, a member of the uh, Minnesota Twins, 1990. One World Series champions, Danny Gladden, Den- and I think he ended up, I think he ended up managing somewhere uh, at some point. Danny Gladden, great uh, mullet, mustache mullet combo. Oh yeah, top notch, glorious. Still no Reds, Tops Nate. Notch, tops notch, very good. Still no Reds. Well, much like this squad, nothing's perfect. There we go. Now let's uh, get into some more of the viewer mail questions um but first uh, let me just mention again if you haven't listened to that riverfront bengal show go listen to it it was good this week first viewer mail question as always from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfront that's patreon.com slash riverfront where you too can support the world's most dangerous podcast mike perry mike perry india stevenson and green have all struggled to stay healthy and the upcoming prospects ella de la cruz Noel V. Marte, Christian Encarnacion Strand, et cetera, all have some red flags in their game. What happens to Reds fandom if these players don't pan out? Mike, we're trying to feel the love this week. What are you doing here? They're all going to obviously pan. Nah, we're not even going to go that far. We said we'd tell you the truth. Uh, but um, the answer, I think, to what happens if, uh, if those guys don't pan out, well, the Reds are going to be bad. Um, but the Reds have been bad. I don't think that the Reds, quote unquote, Reds fandom is any different than it is now. Just sort of a, you know, the general malaise and, you know, whatever. So <laughs> that's it. It's we can't go any lower. So we like whatever it happened. Yeah, but, the, the prospect guys will find new prospects to, you know, dive into the data on, and the ones that are primarily big league fans, they will continue to be tortured in the way that they have been for most of their existence. I will push back a little bit, though. What are the red flags in my boy Christian Encarnacion Strand's game? Everything I, I don't know the answer is to that. that. Yeah. The only reason he's not rated higher is that he plays a corner infield position, which I think is the dumbest crap in the world. You're going to rate somebody <laughs> lower because they play one of the necessary positions on a baseball field. There are only nine positions. The guy rates. He plays, he one, plays of them. one of them. <laughs> Yeah, that should be the the minimum necessary. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But, you know, I, I hesitate to say this because I don't really mean it, but there's some small part of my brain that would like to see every one of these guys fail. Just so I can, no. watch, the, just so I can watch the prospect huggers, as Carlos Guevara calls them, the prospect huggers move on to the next generation and try to convince, a, you know, uh, to forget about the ones they, they missed on. I hope that's a super <laughs> small part of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. If he, uh, it's going to be a tough time, especially if Ellie. If Ellie doesn't work out, then that's tough. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, no, but I, and I do. I don't. I'm not predicting it. I think those guys will. Uh, by and large, most of them will work out to some extent. Will Ellie De La Cruz be the best player? I don't know, but we'll um, I hope. But yeah, Hooper Powell. Hooper Powell says so. I just saw the Reds uh, traded for. Will Benson from the Guardians. What do you think is a better TV show, Benson 
or Mr. Belvedere. Nate, have you ever seen either of those shows? I had no idea what he was alluding to. I refused to look it up. I thought maybe he meant Mr. Belding from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> uh, you're, there, Hooper. You're, yeah, you're, you're too young. Um, Benson was a, was a good show starring a guy named Robert Guillaume, I think was his name. And he was a, I think he was a Broadway star, maybe. Um, and so, I don't know, he was a butler or something. I don't know what it was. Mr. Belvedere was also a butler, I think. Um, but that show was clearly better because the star of Mr. Belvedere, he actually didn't play Mr. Belvedere, but the star of the show to me was former big league catcher Bob Euchre. Bob Euchre's sitcom, uh, Mr. Belvedere. So that's the answer to that one. James Scott Pyle. I know you guys, well, some of you love the Reds Hall of Fame, but what about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Nominations were announced earlier this month. Any artists that you'd vote for? Um, yeah, I mean, the first one, obviously, is going to be Reggie Sanders. It's a disgrace that Reggie Sanders is not already in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Thanks. I just want to go on record saying that. Um, uh, Nate, it, there's, there's one in particular that I'm desperate to see get inducted. Are there any that jump out to you? Or do you want there me to two, go ahead and go ahead? There were two that jumped out to me. Give me your first, just in case it crosses over. Okay. This is the one because this is the and, and long time listener to the show will know. The very first concert I ever attended, the very first concert, A Tribe Called Quest in Charlottesville, mm-hmm. Virginia. A, a legendary, A Tribe Called Quest, just probably my favorite uh, musical uh, act of all time. Amazing. I wish Fife Dog had, uh, had not passed away too young. But uh, Q-Tip, uh, Fife Dog, just uh, got to be tribe. Got to be tribe. Yeah, Tribe Called Quest is definitely dope. But I guess I don't know what constitutes the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, Willie Nelson's one of the nominees, and I, I love Willie Nelson. I'm a country music fan primarily. But the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I don't know. My two, uh, my two answers would be Rage Against the Machine, how are they not in already? And then Warren Zevon. Warren Zevon is a legend. This is ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, but uh, go, go look at, at all the bunch of good nominees. Um, Missy Elliott, deserving. Missy Elliott from Portsmouth, rock. Virginia, queen of rock and roll. That some, some say, <laughs> some do say that the other one that I thought was interesting, that is one of my all time favorite bands and that I wish would get back together. Um, the white stripes. Oh yeah. The white stripes, Jack White's uh, band, just incredible. If you haven't listened to white stripes go and you, every, all of every single one of you have heard the white stripes. You may not know that you heard the white stripes. But if you've ever been to a ball game anywhere, you've heard the White Stripes, uh, Seven Nation Army. I mean, it's just uh, – but that's not that's not even close to being their best, uh, you know, best uh, work. Just, I wish I had more time because you could find some really good uh, MLB player analogies for the White Stripes. Like a relatively short peak, but an incredible uh, – yeah. Pedro Martinez, maybe? They, may, maybe. Uh, elite. Months. Yeah. I don't know. He had, did he have really that short of a career? What about His, Sandy Koufax? Yeah, fair. Pedro had a, had a long enough career, but he had that like three-year run that was maybe well, was the greatest fire. pitching run of all time. Okay. Yeah, I see what you're going for that. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, uh, good, really good question. Um, Loved it. I mean, yeah, yeah. But we all do agree. It's it's Reggie Sanders, then, uh, then John Franco. Um, Seth Shaner, 
I recently watched the Netflix documentary Sunderland Till I Die. By the way, Ned, if you haven't watched that very good uh, documentary series, it's like two or three seasons about a uh, an English soccer team, Sunderland Till I Die. I was struck at the existence of a Phil Castellini-like boob in minority owner Charlie Methvin. First of all, how dare you use the term boob on this? This is a family program. We don't use terms such as that, even when referring to Phil Castellini. Um, Minority owner, Charlie Methvin. He served as the marketing director in season two and his lack of tact with employees and arrogance were upsetting to say the least. Shouldn't there be some sort of relatability requirement to holding these public trust type of positions? No, it's about cold, hard cash. It's That's what it's about, cold, hard cash. But it gets to something that I've been saying on this show for years. And uh, I think I heard, I think it was Ken Rosenthal maybe that, that I saw say it this week. It's the first time I'd seen someone else Kind of say it. I mean, and I stole it from Bill Simmons years ago. Bill Simmons used to say that every team should employ a fan in the front office to uh, every time they start to make a trade or a tra- some kind of transaction, just run it by that guy. Make sure it didn't sound stupid. You just make sure that the fans weren't going to revolt over it. Um, and I've said for years, you know, the Reds need just somebody that can talk, somebody that can just, I don't know, they need someone sort of uh, put Castellini behind the, behind the curtain and just have somebody pretending to be Castellini. You know, speaking for him, I don't know. But no, the cash is the only uh, requirement, unfortunately. You know, we probably should at least touch on it for a second. I don't think we need to dive deep because we have preached this loud and proud for a long, long time. But uh, there was an interesting article in The Athletic that sort of echoed the sentiments that this show has been based on for the last several years. I don't know. Yeah. uh, No, it's a great, great piece. Um, it was, I think, Ken Rosenthal. That might have been where I saw the the reference. Actually, I don't know, uh, but and and Trent Rosecrans together. If you have access to the Athletic, I would encourage you to go read that because it is very much uh, worth your read. Essentially, um, it's obvious it's obvious that the Orioles and Reds need to sell their, their need new ownership. How can we make that happen? Is it possible? And why is it difficult to do? And what are the challenges? It's just it, it was really good. I agree. It was a good good piece. And Chad Dotson did not pay anybody to write that article. No, and I wasn't mentioned either, which is always disappointing, but it's an article I could have written. Um, all right. We have a few more questions. These are all Valentine's Day themed. But before we do it, it's time to let's finish off this baseball card pack. Okay, we got, what a, you got? a St. Louis Cardinal, Jose De Leon. No. Pretty good pitcher, but no. He's a Cardinal. Pretty good mustache. Lots of good mustaches in the early 90s. That's, that's my big takeaway from this, this experience. Yeah. A little good left-handed hitter, Jim Eisenreich. Jim Eisenreich mm. had some sort of a medical condition. That's what I remember about him. I don't remember what it was. Uh, you know, I don't maybe I don't Tourette syndrome or something. I don't know what it was. But Jim Eisenreich, pretty good left-handed hitter. Still no Reds. Walt Terrell, New York Yankees. Walt Terrell. I think he was a, a Tiger for a while. He's my second favorite Terrell behind Wick Terrell. Oh, that's right. I'm going to send that one to Wick. Ooh, our third Hall of Famer of the pack, Nate. Three Hall of Famers in one pack. This is terribly exciting. Is Ryan Sandberg of the Chicago Cubs. Ooh. Ryan Sandberg. Fuzzy uh, Cubby wow. aside, did like me some Ron Sandberg. Oh, you could post also, his could absurd play. spelling of his name. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> I agree 100%. The Phillies catcher, Steve Lake. Steve Lake. And are we have any more left? I don't know. That might be it. That is it. No Reds in that pack, Nate. No Cincinnati Reds, but three Hall of Famers. So I was a dud. A little bit of a I dud. enjoyed it, sort of. Valentine's Day viewer mail, Joe Farsing, 
I just want to send love to Javi Valentin and Joe Valentine. Oh, I mean, it just, you know, good vibes only, right? Good vibes can, only. Can we send a little love to Bobby Valentine? Mm. Yeah, that, Not a red. Ma- that mask disguise situation that he pulled <laughs> was one of the greatest moments in baseball history. And if that happened in today's viral culture, that would be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The great, absolutely legendary, legendary. Uh, so yeah, we will send some some good vibes uh, to uh, Bobby Valentine as well. Brandon Kamick, is it possible to love anything more than Phil loves to put his foot in his mouth? I'm glad he said foot because they used the the term that we used about Phil earlier in this podcast. We were going to have to get a very uh, uh, unsafe rating for children on here. Um. I'm going to quit dancing along that line. Joey Gaditza of the current Reds roster, who is likely the most romantic on Valentine's Day? Who is the most romantic Red on the current roster on Valentine's Day? Nate, I, I, had, I had an initial thought that just jumped on my mind. I'm not sure why it did, but now I'm thinking about that. You could go different ways with this. Did you have someone in mind? I am leaning towards my guy, Tyler Stevenson. I mean, I don't know if you follow them on the social medias, but him and his wife are about the cutest thing in the world. I imagine that if he wasn't in Arizona for spring training, he'd pull out all the stops, rose petals all over the house. The guy's doing some things. He's uh, he's, he's just a sweetheart of a man. Ty Steve is my answer. Ty Steve. Ty Steve is uh, he's one that I thought of, and you're right. I don't uh, get on the uh, the Instagrams too often, but I have seen he and his wife, they post some things, and they do seem to be um, enjoying the life of a young big leaguer, uh, young big league family. I was going to say Jonathan India, and the reason I say that is because he just seems mm-hmm. so all in on everything. You know, he's, he's throwing himself into Cincinnati, so you got to think he, he would throw himself into whatever relationship he's in on Valentine's Day. Um, I don't know, the most romantic. He was, he was, my, he was my next choice. Yeah, so that's what we'll go with that. We'll 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 split the split the vote there. So you're all right. The Reds are in good hands. Saying, what a what a what a romantic studs. And 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 add that to the list of many many reasons that we love the Cincinnati Reds. And you know who else we love? We love all of you. Oh man, are you feeling the love, Nate? I love most of you. I have to spend like an hour a week with Joe Farsing, and that gets pretty tough. <laughs> Yikes. Well, what else is going on around the riverfront? One last uh, chance to talk about it, Nick. Yeah, just kidding. Um, me and Joe, we uh, recently released our uh, season in review episode for the Cincinnati Bengals at the Riverfront Bengals show using Simpsons clips, and it got off the rails immediately, never got back on the rails, and we had a freaking blast. So I highly recommend you check it out. It is absolutely hilarious, especially if you're a Simpsons fan like me, but you don't have to be a Simpsons fan to enjoy it, but... Nate, I'm going to play uh, the best clip here. Can I play the best clip to convince people to listen to your? Maybe I don't know if I should or not, but here we go. This is uh, this is my favorite clip. I'm a unitard. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know if you're. I, I, I actually, I wish I hadn't said that now. Um, oh, late. milk we was a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, yeah go check that out uh, if you want thanks to all of you for listening and uh supporting the riverfront uh, remember to subscribe to the show please um on uh youtube or in your favorite podcast app you'll find us on twitter instagram facebook we're at riverfront Cincy everywhere 
And then again, uh, you know, I say it every week, but a huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash riverfront. Cincy, um, I, I keep saying it, and it's absolutely true. This show would not literally not still be going on without the support of that Patreon family. Um, so I, we really would love for you to come join us. Um, click the link in the show notes or go to patreon.com slash riverfront. Cincy. Nate, always good, buddy. So much fun. All right. Uh, you know, shout out to Adam Dunn. Shouts to Lisa Verto, Wayne Krinchicki, and Burt Bacharach for Nate Dotson and Eli Cash. This is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.